Hey everyone, this is David. Welcome back behind the velvet rope. Let's just get right into it today because we are joined by the one, the only Gia Gunn. Hi, David. Hold on, I'm putting my phone on silent. God forbid somebody text me. Hi, Velvet Rope. Well, I mean, you are Miss Gia Gunn, so I'm sure sometime in the next 45 minutes to an hour, you are going to get a bunch of things blowing up on your phone. So awesome. I've silenced mine. Hi, how are you? I'm good. Thank you. As we have our morning coffees, cheers. Cheers to that. What are you up to today? Tell me everything. I had such a long weekend. I flew to Dallas for a show that they actually canceled 45 minutes before I was about to go on stage. This was the first time that this has ever happened to me in my whole entire career. I've been doing drag shows since 2012. Never happened before, but I still got paid. So that's all that matters. I basically got paid to go to Dallas and put makeup on and take pictures. So that was great. And then I just came back to LA yesterday. I uh, performed at the Amazon Prime video uh, pride party here in West Hollywood. And then I was in bed probably like by 5 p.m. And I woke up today. Well, I am in New York City, so it's not even morning here anymore. And I was just going to ask you if you still got paid in Dallas. And like, as long as you got paid, right? Like, that must be a... You know what I mean? I feel like as long as people compensate the doll, it really doesn't matter. Why didn't why didn't you perform? They just canceled it at the last minute. So I guess they like had some complications with like the audience and like them getting tickets or something. I really just I I, I have no idea, and oh I don't God. really care. <laughs> so you know I um I'm sorry to those of you that showed up in Dallas. Um, but I'm sure I'll see you guys again very soon. Well, you're back in LA. Do you love living in LA? I know you grew up in Chicago. Are you really, do you love the Los Angeles life? You know what? Um, I've grown to like it. It's taken some time. Um, it's very privileged here. It's very, um, I don't know, socially awkward at times. And it's just hard to survive, you know? It's hard to blend in and stand out at the same time um, while also maintaining genuine relationships. So for me, it's taken some time just to get grounded and build actual relationships that I, you know, um, have trust in and feel like are more than just social media based. Um, But all in all, I have really grown to love my life in LA. I, you know, have my first one little bedroom in West Hollywood all by myself. So that feels good just to be, you know, independent in that way. And now just kind of, you know, transitioning out of the drag race space and more into the beauty influencer space. Um, It feels good. And this is definitely the place that I need to be. So all in all, um, LA is, is being really good to me and I'm super thankful. That's good. I have so many questions about current stuff and the beauty space, but before we get there, what, when did you first start doing drag way back when? Oh my God. When did I first start doing drag? Was it in Chicago? Like when you were growing up, like what type of child was Gia Gunn? I, well, growing up, I was always into like theater. I was always into, um, like 
doing plays and I did like ballet and I also studied Japanese classical dance for a very long time from the age of five to 15. So I was always on stage. I was always also allowed to express myself kind of in a feminine manner. So I always had, you know, the want and necessity to express myself on stage. Um, I think my first memories of being an actual drag was I went to like a straight club I wasn't even performing. I was just dressing up. So technically it was just like cross-dressing at the time, but I think I was 18 or 19 and um, God knows what year it was. Doesn't even matter. Cause then you guys would figure out my age, but I was young and we don't um, mention age here. I, I am okay, I'm thank all you. about that. Cause I mean, okay. someone left me a nasty review the other day and said, girl, when people ask you your age, just answer. And I'm like, bitch, why don't you go away? And the answer will never be never, you know, like go and Google Period. it and figure it out. Like who the hell cares? Well, yeah, it doesn't matter. Um, I just turned 31 proud and loud. Um, it is definitely scarier in your thirties. It's not being in your twenties, but I'm so thankful to be 30, if that makes sense. Yeah. So, totally. um, yeah, it's been a long time and a long journey um, with the drag, but all in all, it's led me to, you know, who I am today. Is this true? You chose your name, Gia Gunn. Was this in part because of Tim Gunn? Is, th is that a true statement? Um, I, so, you know, in drag, we have drag families. Um, I was never really highly involved in a drag family. I just had a drag mother who was trans or is trans. She was never really into drag performing. Um, but she did take me under her wing and her name is um, Allie Gunn. And so I just took her name and she was inspired by Tim Gunn. So yes, that is a true statement. And then Gia comes from Gia Karanji, um, the movie that was played by Angelina Jolie. So that is true. Are you yourself a Project Runway fan? I am not. <laughs> I am not. Um, I am not even really that big into TV, um, surprisingly enough. Um, I do love like Drag Race and Pose and Legendary and all of the shows that we're supposed to love. But um, I'm not super big into, um, I guess, like series, if that makes sense. It's just too much to, to, to pay attention to. <laughs> it's a lot to keep up with, right? Absolutely. Give me a TikTok, girl. 15 seconds. I'm ready to go. It's all about the TikTok. When you first started doing drag, were you like, okay, like hallelujah, light went off. You're like, this is it, career born. Or was it like, what the hell am I doing? I'm not good. Why? Um, no, I definitely, I was like, oh my God, like I've made it. I'm Hollywood. Can nobody tell me different? Like I'm being flown around the world, staying in five-star hotels. I have gays offering me every type of drug on the planet, anything that I want, taking me shopping, whining and dining me. And all I got to do is show up and be fabulous. So I definitely felt like at that time, like this was just life. It was never going to come to an end. And like, I couldn't imagine doing anything else. Um, and I definitely, I think though, took it for granted because like I said, you know, you, you feel like it's never going to come to an end or you feel like this is just, this is it. And really I realized, especially once I hit 30 and the pandemic and experienced some losses in my life, I realized 
actually, girl, this is just the beginning for you. That was all just a great time in your 20s. Now it's your time to flourish, build a brand and really push forward. Um, but I definitely felt like at the time, like it was just, uh, yeah, I mean, that was, you know, I, I was a TV reality superstar, you know? You kind of were, you kind of still are, even though you're transitioning. Absolutely, always and forever, honey, legendary, absolutely cunty queen. Forever. Did you watch, so you watched Drag Race before you applied? I did. Um, I always give a shout out to Jade Sotomayor from season one because she was like my road dog back in Chicago, really took me under her wing. She was sneaking me in the clubs as a young little boy, you know, saying that I was her hairdresser when really I was just there to observe the backstage and get my foot in the drag door. So I, you know, watched season one, two, three, four, five, six, and then that was it. (laughs) I mean, I chime in now um, here and there and I'm watching All Stars now, obviously, because my you know, uh, trans sister Sonique and Jiggly are on there. And I'm so happy just to see um, the doors opening that I believe I've also taken apart and opening um, kind of flourish. So I, I, I still do watch the show. Um, but yes, I, I was definitely a, a viewer before I got on. You guys know that the only thing I like talking about as much as reality TV and pop culture is skincare. You know how thrilled I get when I find a new skincare product that really works. And that's why I'm so excited to tell you about ORG. ORG's skincare's mineral face peel and body exfoliants are amazing and they help bring that glow back. They gently exfoliate and hydrate your skin and only require a few sprays or rubs. What I love is you get immediate satisfaction by seeing the dead skin peel away. Their face peel that I use, it literally, literally makes you feel like you were in a spot getting a professional facial for hours. And I really do love the instant proof. You, the skin, the dead skin peels right away. And that's what I personally love about it. Listen, right now for Behind the Velvet Rope listeners, ORG Skincare is offering 15% off your entire purchase. Skin is complex, but caring for your skin doesn't have to be. Visit orgskincare.com today and use promo code VELVET to see for yourself. That's orgskincare.com, promo code VELVET, and get 15% off your entire purchase. You definitely did help open those doors 100% for sure. Thank you. When you applied to Drag Race, because like, you know, I guess if you read and like who was what and whatever, you know, like, I guess technically like Peppermint was the first out trans woman on the show, like when she was on it. So when you were applying for your season six in 2014, you know, Mm -hmm. yes, there were Queens before you that were trans, but nobody that was quote unquote out. Like, talk to me about that. Like, was that, you know, were you like, I mean, did people know, like, did the producers know? I mean, that's just my own lack of knowledge. And like, was Uh, that a thing where you like, well, now I have to try to hide this? Well, on season six, I wasn't trans identifying. I was identifying as a boy drag queen. So there was no issues there. Um, But then I was called back to All Stars as a trans woman. So I was very clear, actually, in my contract. I said, I'm trans identifying now. I don't want to be referred to anything outside of 
she, her, and Gia. I don't want um, any flashbacks played. I don't want to be reminded of this person. And of course they did not abide by my word or my wishes um, because the first episode they showed me as a boy and just all these things that I asked not to have happened. Um, so I was a little bit discouraged, actually a lot discouraged and very turned off by the show and actually kind of hurt and actually even a little bit traumatized. I mean, who isn't nowadays? I think if you talk to any contestant, we all go through some sort of postpartum something. Um, it's just kind of, I guess, the reality of being on reality TV. But um, yeah, no, I was brought back as a, as, as a woman and there were no issues. Um, everybody was actually very welcoming to me, um, except one person. I'm sure we all can I, I, I know who that one person is. But um, yeah, it, it was okay. You know, it was okay. I was just gonna say, like, they showed plenty of flashbacks as far as I could remember. So, absolutely. And you know what? I I, I think it's just one of those things that you have to bite the bullet. I could go back and try to sue and get lawyers involved in all of this. Honestly bullshit but why would I want to go through that and and one thing I realized is you know I I will never be able to or want to really take someone like RuPaul down or come for them it's just it's not it's not in my favor and it's not in theirs it's very you this is what you signed up for um it's not okay but you have the option to either stay stuck in the rut or to move on. I've chose to make peace with that situation and many other things and just move on in peace. Um, but never forgetting, obviously, because these are very traumatizing and hurtful things, as I've said, that happened to you. But nonetheless, um, it's made me who I am today. And I'm super grateful for the platform. And I'm super grateful for, you know, RuPaul's Drag Race forever and always. How important do you think it is like, you know, for all like the baby queens that are starting, like, do you think, like, is there this, you have to go on drag race to make it? Like, is that kind of the mentality amongst queens? And like, if it isn't, or if it is, do you think that's true? Like to kind of make it, or do you think, no, it's just one avenue or it's really become the avenue? I mean, so one thing I learned in the pandemic is maybe you got to be rich to get through life happily and at the level that I want to make it. I could have told you that, oh. Gia. You, you, oh, like, well, I wish I would have known. I wish I would have known. But that's one thing that I've learned. So if you're looking to actually make a career in drag, hands down, absolutely, yes, you need to get on RuPaul's Drag Race. But it's not even that you need to get on RuPaul's Drag Race. You need to get on RuPaul's Drag Race. You need to make it to the top three. And you need to persevere. You need to have a business a degree or business people behind you and you really got to be ready to really push and what I like to call put the pedal to the metal nobody school there's no school for this so it's very difficult but absolutely I believe um it's unfortunate because it does not allow local talent or people that are not on this platform to gain more exposure and to gain more um, and that sucks because there's so many queens, many trans queens that have been putting in the work for decades and their careers just 
haven't gone outside of their own local bars, you know, where they're working for a hundred dollars, you know, and tips when really they should be working for $10,000 and fuck your tips because girl, I'm not going to collect a dollar from you. You know what I mean? It's just, it's a sad reality. And yes, I do believe that it's a system now it's uh, mainstream drag is now mainstream. Um, but we talk about this a lot, like in the dressing rooms and stuff. And I always go out of my way to talk with local talent because I want to make sure that people are seen and heard, especially coming from someone like me who is idolized in this space and comes with so much blessing and privilege. I like for them to know that their talent is seen and that, you know what, there are ways outside of drag race, but it's called creating your own realm, your own lane. So, um, yeah, I, I think it's definitely a necessity if you want to be mainstream, if you want to make, you know, a six figure income and above. And if you really want to be a mainstream queen, if you want to just, you know, kind of do it for a hobby, dress up and kind of pick and choose your dates. And when you come in and out of, you know, the sandbox, great. Do you think that's like a mistake? Like a lot of the Queens make that are even on drag race, you know, they think I'm going to go on drag race and yay, six figures, you know? And like, to your point, you got to work when it's over, no pun intended. Oh, absolutely. I think a lot of Queens think I'm going to get on TV and it's just gone all fall in my lap. And let me tell you from experience, that's just not how it is, babe. You need to have, you know, it's not even about fan merch and, and a song. It's now about having your, your bullet points to building your empire in place. You know, management, agents, deals, uh, percentages, uh, logos. I mean, it's a lot, you know, it's a lot for one individual who knows only about drag and performing, um, which is a lot to know. But then it's like, there's this other half that if you don't have it, it's just, it doesn't work. And I'm speaking from experience, you know, queens like myself, Laganja, um, I, I can't speak for many others, but, you know, we, we're okay. You know, we're season six queens. We're still working. We're still forever and always iconic. There's so many queens that you don't really see a lot of, whether that's by choice or because they didn't brand themselves right, or chances are they just didn't have these bullet points in place before they even started their careers. So it's really hard. Yeah, it's just, it's, it's just hard to do on your own. Do you like the business aspects of it? Like, did you get involved in that? You know, like knowing the percentages and the deals and like, okay, this is like now a brand or are you, I mean, it sounds like, you're good at it, but are you just like, honey, this hurts my head. You guys all deal with this and go earn your money. To be honest, I'm just now getting into it because I was dropped from my management. So um, what the fuck is there? Benedetti, Michael Benedetti group, you know, they decided one day just to up and let me go. There was no explanations. I call it transphobia, but that's what I call a lot of things nowadays. So who knows, but, um, you know, I was dropped, um, you know, the pandemic happened, a lot of things happened. So I've been forced now to pay close attention to percentages, contracts, 
waivers and really grab my brand by the roots and um, really have to, you know, man up in a way, you know, and like become more familiar with this stuff because it's my money. It's my career. It's my everything. And these are things that you don't realize when you have so much opportunity and so much money coming in and stuff like that. Um, but, you know, I wasn't really business savvy before, but I definitely am now. And it does feel good, but it's super overwhelming, especially when you start getting into taxes and limited liabilities and profit and losses. And, you know, it's complicated. Rothy's Believe style is about more than just fashion. That's why everything they make is exceptionally comfortable, totally sustainable, and my favorite, fully machine washable. As summer winds down, make the most of your time in the sun with Rothy's best-selling flats, loafers, and sneakers. From flip-flops in an array of colors to shoes made for exploring the great outdoors, Rothy's has everything you need to step into the sunshine wherever you go. Plus, their spacious, washable bags are perfect for summer getaways. I just got the coolest pair of driving loafers from Rothy's. Although they come in a variety of colors, I chose camo. That's right. They are camo color. So freaking cool. I love them. And the best part about it, living in New York City, as dirty as they get, I just throw them in the wash and they are brand new. That's right. There is good news for any of the guys listening. Rothy's is not just for women anymore. Rothy's now sells men's sneakers and men's driving loafers. Rothy's men's lines features the same level of craftsmanship and attention to detail as Rothy's women's line. They're durable, they're washable, and they're better for the planet. I love my Rothy's. And again, I wear them night and day and I throw them in the wash. They survive wash after wash after wash. That's right. How many pairs of shoes do you have that you can throw in the wash and they survive? So keep that summertime feeling going with washable, sustainable, stylish shoes and bags from Rothy's. Head to rothys.com slash velvet to find your new warm weather favorites today. That's R-O-T-H-Y-S dot com slash velvet. R-O-T-H-Y-S dot com slash velvet. And you'll be thanking me later. Um, but I believe I've done the right things to, you know, legally protect myself and also, you know, run my business in a way that is, you know, suitable for me. That's good. I mean, I know you said that you have moved on and you're over it. And I agree. I think when you harbor things and you sue people, sometimes we have to do those things. But I know you've moved on and you're not going that route and you've put that all behind you, which I think is smart because otherwise it just eats away at you. But when you went back to All Stars, I mean, did you expect to have this tension with Rue? Like that whole before, a little bit after I mean, no, it- not at all. I mean, I don't think anybody does. I think everyone goes to drag race thinking, you know, I've stepped my pussy up. RuPaul's going to live for me. She's going to love it. Like, I mean, we're there to impress RuPaul. I mean, that's mother. We're the children. You know, that's the vibe, at least in your mind. So when you go, you know, all dressed up to Thanksgiving dinner, it's been years since you've seen your mother and, you know, you're now transitioned and you know beautiful and so many things that you've accomplished 
and you put your hand out, you know, to get that warm touch feeling from mother and it's just cold and dismissive and rude, you're like, whoa, my God, like, you know, where did I go wrong? And it hurts your feelings and you don't know what it comes from, but you know, she is not there to be your best friend. She's there to conduct a TV show that isn't even really hers anymore. So I get it, babe. You know, she's not going to like everybody. We're not all going to have the same ideas of what drag excellence is. But I did think that there was love. You know, the show promotes everybody say love and, you know, all these things. So I thought that my story would be highlighted that um, the things that we're seeing now actually on All Stars, like with Jiggly and like Rue's going out of her way now to make more of a point to um, talk about these girls' transitions, how beautiful they are as women. And, you know, it does kind of hurt a little because I wish that that was me. And um, I don't know what I was thinking, expecting anything from her, but um, I'm happy to to know that um, it's happening for my sisters and that we can continue to see this happen. I just really wish that I would have received the same amount of love and recognition considering I was, I guess maybe like the first one to be invited back. Um, but it's never the first one and it never happens for the first one. Um, and I'm okay with that. And I can live with knowing that I opened a door that, you know, will now hopefully not be shut and that, you know, we're, we're moving in the right direction and that trans youth, um, you know, can look up to people like myself who who have their best of interest at heart, you know? Well, first of all, you're not the first person to have an emotional moment here. I'm behind the velvet rope. I'm not trying to make light of it. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> so you are not the first. No, I think it's important for people to, to see and to hear, like, you know, the truth behind these things because... I think so many people like, you know, they see the show and they just think that it's all fun and games and, you know, that it's just drag and, you know, we're like, you know, so, so blessed and like, I don't know what people think, you know, but I just know it's not, nobody has an idea of, I think the emotional things that go behind, you know, who we are and and people forget like, you know, we're artists and, you know, I'm trans and there's just a lot of things that go into the whole, you know, thing. Yeah. Well, I mean, to your point that you just made, like when I think of Gia Gunn, I think of someone who has unapologetically just been honest, you know, like you never really shied away even in the beginning, you know, like when there was that statement by RuPaul of like, this is not a competition for trans women. They have an unfair advantage. Like, you know, I am 
most, a lot of contestants, whether they're on in the past or not, I'm sure are afraid to say anything against RuPaul, I would assume. Oh yeah, I mean, people have put their transitions on hold, you know, just to go on as a boy so that they can have a career because they know that this is it. And that's sad, you know, as a trans person, you shouldn't have to put, you know, that was me. Like I wanted to get breast surgery before I even got on all stars, but I knew that if I did that, I wouldn't have been casted. At least that was my theory. Maybe I'm wrong, but several people thinking this way, you can't steer away from the truth. There must be something truthful about that. And so I, yeah, it's just, you know, it, it is what it is. It's, it's not even, it, it, it is what it is. It's not right or wrong. It's, it's, it's a reality and, um, you know, people can just get into it or they can't. And you know, other people that have like put actual, their actual transition on hold. I would say so. I mean, I can't really speak for people. And I think a lot of people will probably never say something like that. The wait is over. That's right. Season five of the Kardashians is here. Just when you thought life couldn't get any faster, they're punching it into overdrive. Chris, Courtney, Kim, Chloe, Kendall, and Kylie are back and continue to defy expectations in all their endeavors. So get ready to go behind the glitz and glamour of the most iconic family on television. The all-new season of The Kardashians premieres May 23rd, streaming on Hulu. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. But, um, and I don't know why, you know? Well, I do. It's a system. Not everybody has had, you know, I guess the blessings that I have to be able to still have an income having had said the things that I've said, having had done the things that I've done, you know, people are scared because they need to keep feeding into the system or, you know, uh, yeah, just doing what they need to do to survive. And I respect that. I just refuse to lie and I refuse to say things that I don't mean um, because that's just not how I was raised. Anyone who listens to this podcast knows that I make decisions based on what is good for me, not everyone else. I live my life unapologetically and authentically as myself. And that is why when it came time to lose weight, the only thing that worked for me was Noom. What I loved about Noom is that they don't label foods good or bad, foods permitted and foods that are never permitted. They take a psychology-based approach and rather than focus on the food, they focus on why 
why we make the choices that we do. Noom has helped me break so many bad habits, particularly with sugar. I love sugar candy, Skittles, Swedish Fish, Starburst, you name it, I love it. Rather than just say those foods weren't allowed, Noom helped me understand why I have these cravings, especially at certain times of the day. And slowly I started to change these habits. I crave sugar less, I shopped better. Noom, I cannot recommend enough. The app is so easy to use also. And what I love best is it only takes 10 minutes of your time a day, just 10 minutes. So start building better habits for healthier long-term results. You can sign up for this trial at noom.com slash velvet. That's right. By listening to this podcast, you too get to try Noom. You can sign up for your trial at noom.com slash velvet. And Noom is N O. O-M, noom.com slash velvet. Go there, sign up for your trial and let me know how it works out for you guys. It's great and it has really helped me. Well, that's very commendable. I mean, I agree with that. I'm sure there are people that are afraid and right, like no judgment, like they have to do what they have to do. But you were never afraid, like when you were saying these things, like this could hinder my career, you know, or like when you get dropped from like management or like certain things happen, like, do you say things like, is this the, I mean, the bigger picture of things I've said against certain people or that you were never scared? Um, my philosophy is you can have whatever you want in life as long as you're honest. So obviously that management wasn't for me. Obviously drag, you know, was not, is not my destiny for my future, you know? And so actually for me, it's, it's, it is scary, but when you trust yourself and you trust your journey and you trust, I don't know, for me, it's, you know, a higher power and have more belief. Um, I believe you're guided in the right way. I believe that everything happens for a reason. And I believe that either you can play into the system and always be a little bit disingenuine and do things that maybe you don't want to do, or you can be honest, you know, practice what you preach. It'll be a slower ride to get there, but you will get there. And I believe that that is me. I will get there. And I will get there with genuine people around me that I have also accumulated on this way up. Um, And I will be able to, you know, enjoy whatever it is, whatever, you know, success, blessings, fortune that I have. Um, I believe in an authentic, genuine way versus in a very disposable, just kind of numeric way as we see a lot of our, you know, other celebrities or other people in Hollywood do. Hollywood is an interesting place now, isn't it? Oh, yes. Even though I'm here in New York, same thing. Yes. We're just the East Coast sisters to all of you. Yes, absolutely. What about like, you know, people like Jiggly and Sonique, like, do they look, you know, like you said, like you were the first, like, do they, you know, do they show deference and, you know, like, they're like, I guess what I'm trying to say is like, as new contestants come up or like people go back, like, are they like, thank you, Gia, like 
you were the first and you spoke out and you, that's got to, I mean, do people realize that? Like, do they pay that back to you, so to speak? Um, I don't feel it, but I'm sure they do. Um, but in the trans sisterhood, there still is a lot of jealousy and a lot of like, well, she has it and I don't. Um, and that's just indifference and that's just inequality. And that's honestly, you know, systemic racism as well that transpires even into the drag space. You know, it's like, I, I mean, I don't really want to get into all of that, but it, I think, well, it's also about, you know, how hard you've worked. I've worked hard to be where I am. And I know that and people know that. And I think for some people, for, I think it's also because of my personality. I'm very unapologetic. People know that I don't need, I'm not waiting to be applauded, but I'm also not not waiting to be applauded. You know what I mean? It's very Gia Gun brand. It's very like, I don't know. People don't really go out of their way to let me know. But I guess it's maybe because I'm overly confident. So people just know that and people know. I don't know. It's a weird thing. It's one of those things, you know, that I, I also feel like as like a creator or a person like me, like you're always doing this stuff and you're always looking for people to recognize, you know, like your photo, comment, reshare, call and say, oh, my God, you look so sickening. But the reality is people care about themselves. People are wrapped up in their own worlds and trying to survive their own day-to-day lives. So I have this argument with my family all the time. I'm like, I just did all of this work and this is all you have to say to me. And yeah, people are just, they're happy for you. But if they're not at that same level or if they don't maintain those same opportunities, people don't go out of their way to congratulate you. It's very weird. So the point that I'm in now in my career is I'm actually looking to attract people who are more successful than me, people who have been there, done that, that can uplift me and that can actually applaud me and say, hey girl, you're doing a great job. You know, it's when we're all having to survive day to day, no one has a helping hand. And that's just the reality that I've learned. If you're having to survive and I'm having to survive, we don't ever have time to you know, come together. And maybe not even a minute to say, hey girl, you know, you're doing a great job. How can I help you? But I am looking to change that. I am looking to change that within the trans space and community, but it takes, it takes more fortune. It takes more opportunity. It takes more of everything, more love for people to be glad and happy for each other. Yeah. What about, like you said, like the current state of even like last season and now like this season, like, you know, we changed the catchphrase from gentlemen, start your engines, yeah. to racers, start your engines and may instead. Yes. This is all amazing stuff. These are ways of showing we care and that it's happening. You know, at this point, I don't even care whether it's genuine or not. It's happening. This, this is what we're all working towards. This is what I, you know, wake up every day hoping and wishing for. So I, um, I commend, you know, I, I commend the show and I thank them for putting forth an effort.
But most importantly, I really thank the community and I really thank um, the drag queens that have dealt with all of the bullshit, all of the injustice and have held on and to all the people that have continued to support us and support the show, honestly. You see, these are all things that the show should be saying. We're so sorry that we fucked up and we're so thankful that you guys have held on. But we don't hear stuff like that because it's a TV show and people don't like to claim where they fell short. And and, and I don't know why. I, I, I think it's something that all humans should do, but it's okay. And I'm happy, you know, I'm happy for Sony, for Jiggly, for Got Mick. I mean, this is great. You know, let's keep it coming. And not even just on Drag Race. Let's keep it coming on all platforms, on all shows, you know, soap operas, reality TVs. I mean, let's get a trans housewife up in there. I mean, it's really time. I've been saying we need it. I'm, we have lots of housewives on this show. I know lots of them. We need a trans housewife. Like, well, that's me. Can you imagine me on the housewives? I'll be letting the girls know and have. And it's just about, it's just about time. You know what I mean? But if I continue to show up to do two numbers in a meet and greet, I'll never, I'll never get on a housewife. Do you know what I mean? You have to evolve yourself. And this is what I'm talking about. If housewives is something that I want, well, I know what I need to do. A lot of queens, they don't know what that looks like for them. They just know shows and appearances and that's amazing. And, and, and there's nothing wrong with that. I just know for me that comes to an end. And I know for me physically, you're, you know, that's not as capable and allowing as, as you get older. So I'm just also looking out for my future, you know? Would you, is that one of your goals? I mean, if it worked out to be on The Real Housewives. Of I want to be on more reality TV. Absolutely. I'd love to be on a show like that. I think I have the wit. I have the personality. I have the story. I have the style. I have, I have what it takes to be a real, you know, doll. Do you know any of the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills or no? I mean, I know, know Erica. I know, uh, I mean, I don't know them personally, but I've like met them and stuff like that. Um, I'm putting it out there into the universe. Yes, yes. Listen, it's only a matter of time, I think. I mean, with the way, you know, Bravo's trying to do like, all-inclusive hiring. It's like, we need a trans housewife, period. That's just time. Absolutely. Absolutely. What about, what about like Got Mick? I mean, I think Got Mick got robbed last season, but that's just me. No offense. You know, they're all great. Love Simone, but I was all, I mean, I think Got Mick just to me as a viewer was one of the most just creative contestants ever possibly. Yeah, so I've known him for a long time, even before um, he transitioned. So, you know, we were, we were, you know, great friends and um, closer than we are now, um, but that's okay. Um, and his journey is just amazing. His drag is excellent. Um, and I was definitely rooting for him as well. Um, you know, it's, it's, 
I, I feel like everyone is their own winner nowadays when it comes to this show. So you don't really necessarily have to have a crown to win. Um, but um, yeah, I love him. I, I was so happy. I know this was like one of his biggest dreams, you know, and it happened very quickly for him. It's like he came to LA to do makeup, transitioned, got on Drag Race and is now killing it. And that's amazing. And I'm so happy for him. And I can't wait to see what he does, you know, going forward. Um, he's just super talented, super young, and um, just really driven. And, and it's really inspiring to see um, people evolve in that way. Um, but yeah, really, really proud of him. What about, because you mentioned earlier shows like Pose. I mean, did you just love Pose as much as I did? Every last I do. I mean, I love Pose, obviously, because it's very trans-based. And I see a lot of, you know, my community stories being told. A lot of even bits and pieces of my own story, um, you know, told and, and actually brought to life, which is kind of really amazing. So um, I, I love what we see there. I love the stories that we're learning. I, I loved HBO's uh, La Veneno. I thought, it, have you seen that one? Yeah, that was good show. That one is so amazing just because that's very specific to what I think a lot of trans women grow up knowing and experiencing. And we just don't see that kind of storytelling or, or lifestyles. Um, but people need to because this is reality, you know, and, and, and although we don't see it or know it, it's um, real life and people need to be aware. Do you have any aspirations of like doing, you know, acting like enough? Um, I definitely think I'm more reality based. You know, I, I'd love to have my own show of trans women, like the Kardashians of trans. Um, I think that's where I excel the best. But I would love to try it and have a role. I think I could conquer it. I just do think I'm more reality. But I would definitely love to be on Pose or even like a guest judge on Legendary. I mean, I do. I do. I, I, I think I'm ready for TV again. I'm ready for more. I've done a lot of self-discovering and a lot of preparing. So I'm definitely ready. Well, regarding reality TV, what did you think of I Am Kate? And what do you, well, you can laugh first. And then what do you think of, you know, Caitlyn Jenner? I laugh just because it amuses me how much people hate her and push back on her. I love Caitlyn Jenner. I think she's fabulous. I think she's older and a little bit uneducated when it comes to trans, but she's very educated in other things. And I think people need to start to learn how to separate things like politics, gender identity, sexual orientation, because these things are and are not tied together. I think a lot of people can't understand how, for example, a gay could be Republican or a trans person could be, you know, whatever. I understand because I see people for people. I don't see people for their sexual orientations 
or their gender identities. And I think people need to give Caitlyn more the benefit of the doubt because she's old, she's trans, and she's doing the fucking best that she can. When people are those three things, I give them the benefit of the doubt simply because they're transgender. I may sound like an idiot to some of you, but I don't really fucking care because this is how I think. And I think trans people have been put through so much traumas in their life that if you too, as a human being, have experienced as much trauma, hate, mental instability, and pushback from people in general for being you, not even for being Republican, not even for being weird, not even for being whatever, just for you being you, you too would be a little off. You too would be saying shit that maybe doesn't resonate with the rest of the world. But were you born a man, now trying to live your life as a woman, now trying to run for governor, now trying to push forward, now still trying to live your life? You're not. So people need to have a little, what I like to call a seat, and either sign on or sign out. You know, it's very, if you don't like stuff, babe, you just don't got to comment. You just don't got to tune in. You know, that's why my IG profile says, hate me or love me, I'll always be me. And I feel like that's Caitlyn Jenner as well. Do I, first of all, do I follow everything that she does and says? Absolutely not, because I have a life of my own. Second of all, I just don't take anything that any older white man or woman is saying or preaching to full seriousness. And third of all, I just don't care enough because she's happy and she's doing her. And I wish people would just be happy and do them as well. I agree with like basically everything you just said. I mean, especially when it comes to, I don't know why I agree. I think sexuality, sexual orientation, gender, I don't know why that always gets confused with politics. It's not the same thing. I mean, well, people, people are, are people. Educated, even myself and even myself included. I don't know a whole lot about politics. Should I? Probably. I just don't fucking care enough, babe. Life is too short. Life is too short for me to get my fucking panties that are already too tight in a bunch because of what? All I got to know is what I know and what I believe. I got to vote. I got to practice what I preach. And I got to encourage others to do so. I can't come for your viewpoints. I don't really have enough time to come for your thoughts and, and whatever. You know, it's just, we got to let people be who they are, you know? And then it's always like, it's always the white gays that kill me too, that come for people like her. It's like, I just don't understand, but I do. I, I completely get it. And everybody is entitled to their own opinion. You know what I mean? It's like, I just don't know. It's all fun and games to me. Do you think, I mean, I do agree with all that. Do you think Caitlin then has been good for the trans community? Cause like, you know, if you take a lot of people that are not really as in the know as say you or me, or even once removed, like to Caitlin is the 
face of the trans community to a large respect to a lot of people that have very limited exposure, if that makes any sense. If Caitlin is the only face to transgender people that you know of, then I'm sorry, you're ignorant and you don't care to expand your knowledge on more transgenderness. That's my first response. My second response is, do I think she's the best advocate representation? Absolutely not, but who is? Do we think Joe Biden's the best fucking president to represent the United States? Probably fucking not, but he is. So why is that okay? But then some other things aren't okay. I'm not saying, now that's a very big extreme. Again, pulling it back outside of the politics because it gets too much. Um, she doesn't represent the whole trans community. She is one person that yes, is basically a Kardashian and yes, I understand what you're saying, but do you get what I'm saying too? If she's yeah. the only person that, if she's the only trans person that you know of, well, I mean, A, that that's sad and that tells you where we're at. Um, so let's just say that. But let's focus on the good. Do I think that she's a good representative? I do because simply people know that there's trans people out there. People simply know that you can be born a man and now live your life as an unapologetic woman and that's what she's doing. And those are the basics of what being transgender is. And that's what I, you know, we need people to simply know this is what this is. This is what this looks like. And you do what you want with the rest of the information. You know what I mean? It's like, so what, all Asian, Black, gay? That one person isn't what all walks of those lives look like. And I think parents are realizing that more now when their kids are saying, mommy, you know what? I actually feel like this, or, you know, what's this? You know, now parents are actually being forced to do their own research, to do their own Google researching, to do their own educating their own form of education on what being trans and non-binary and all these things are because it's now affecting your life. And how beautiful is that? Because that's actually what we need because trans has been around for decades and for centuries. Somehow it's just always been portrayed as the joke and, and something that's not real because it's something that people are scared of. And when there's fear involved, People act weird. You know what I mean? Think about yeah. how you act when you get scared. I know how the fuck I act when I get scared and it's some sissy ass shit. You know what I mean? So I think we're getting there. You do. You think we're getting there. I do. Don't you? Yeah. I mean, listen, if you close your eyes even five years ago, I mean, I think, yeah, I mean, we've come far, right? I feel Absolutely. so. I mean, we have more representation. We have more, you know, there. it's just, it's there. It is, it's there. I mean, listen, even, right, it, it, it is there. Again, I just say I mean, the trans community has the farthest way to go. I mean, I always like to remind people that in my eyes, we are even seen as less than Black people. 
I mean, we aren't even being considered. You know, we haven't even had, we need a BLM. You know what I mean? For people to really shake up and wake up, but we're there, you know? It's just, it's taking a lot of time because there's not a lot of trans folks and there's not a lot of trans people sharing their stories and talking about it because people are scared. People don't understand. The trans thing is dramatic and traumatic for a lot of people. And that's not easy for a lot of folks to understand or to, you know, want to talk about. I agree. What, and then we're going to move on. I want to hear all about everything you're doing currently, but just because it's such a hot topic, I'm just curious as to your thoughts. What about, you know, like Caitlin's stance and not just her stance, lots of people's when, you know, the whole like trans women shouldn't compete in women's sports because it's not fair. Well, obviously that's wrong. And obviously that's not fair. And obviously that's stupid of someone like her to say, because it comes across as very contradicting. Um, But I like to try to bring light and understanding to certain situations. You know, people like Caitlin, they see themselves as women. They don't see themselves as transgender women. See, this is what people don't understand. She doesn't see herself as a member of the LGBT community, love. She sees herself as a white woman of privilege because that is what she is. Yeah. And so therefore she says and does what a white woman with privilege does. Why are we so shocked when we have Becky Sue over here and fucking whatever Karen over there doing whatever they've done for decades, but somehow because they're not transgender yet, they don't get the lash back. So I don't know. I think um, people say and do what they want, you know, while privileged. I've said and done plenty of things in my career that maybe I regret or come ha- came out due to the lack of education. You know what I mean? And I just think, does that make sense? She doesn't see her. 100. Yeah. That's my theory. That so, makes sense to me. It does, honestly. It's, you know, and I think it's healthy because you know what? This is like, when we dig deeper, it's like, well, now we're taking the trans thing out of it. Right. That's even more confusing for people, but that's actually really what we need because I'm a woman before I'm trans. So respect me and hear me roar. You know what I mean? And that's her. 100%. I just think people see Caitlyn as trans before they see her as a woman. And so they expect, her to do and say certain things, just like the community or people, you know, expect certain things from me. But it's like, just because you're out there and you represent a marginalized group of people doesn't make you the, the, the how can I say? It doesn't make you the, the end all be all. It doesn't make what you say represent the whole entire community. Actually, people need to be thankful and grateful for people that are willing to risk their lives, really, to come out in public and express themselves. 
but this is just the power of, I guess, being a public figure, you know, and, and kind of the, what do I call it? The um, occupational hazards. <laughs> One of the downsides. No, that makes total sense to me. And like, it's almost like the real goal is almost that I would think like, you should see Caitlin as a woman first. Yeah. That's what she is. And so why not be Republican? Why not feel that's like any other woman that lives next door. That's, I understand hundred percent what you're saying. I just think she gets double the hate because she's trans and that's wrong. Hate her because she's Republican and, you know, not saying or doing the things that maybe are of your favor, but don't hate her because she used to be a man and now she's a woman, but she's Republican and now she's saying things. And that's, you know, that's just where I'm at with that. But that takes time. And, you know, I, I, trust me, I wish, you know, people like Janet Mock had the power that Caitlyn Jenner has or is in her shoes. But Janet Mock is Black. I am Asian, you know, we don't have as much opportunity. We don't have, not yet, but it's being created. I, I feel it in my bones, you know, every day there's more and more opportunities. There's more and more castings for trans folks. There's more and more people that are, more and more outlets that are interested in learning more, you know, what lies behind the velvet robe. So, well, tell us about everything that you are now doing to, it sounds like this transition, no pun intended, to this new career really is part of COVID, right? Like you just kind of had a, you know, like to your point, like there's a lot of queens that are you know, going to keep performing and that's that and that's great. But now it sounds like you have had this awakening of like, this was great, but my brand is heading in a different slash bigger direction that did that all start during COVID and talk to us about well, what you're 2020 going into now. was just an extra, I think, well, 2019 into 2020 was just fucking, you know, it was just, it was a horrible time for me. Um, you know, I fell in love with, you know, the first man who loved me as a woman and, you know, I have my first experience with love um, while freshly on All Stars. So that was kind of all of a lot to juggle. My mother came down with um, stage four cancer. So I let my boyfriend go. So I lost my relationship. My mother then passed away months later from cancer. So then I lost my mom. And then as you can imagine, then COVID came and I pretty much lost my job. Um, so it was just a year full of loss that I, you know, am proud of myself because I've been, I've been able to overcome those losses. Um, and I've been able to turn those losses around into gains for myself. So, you know, having had lost my first lover, I've learned, you know, love comes and goes just like money does. Having had, you know, lost my mother, I've learned that life is just so short and that we really need to look out for ourselves, look out for ourselves because no one's going to do it for you um, like yourself. And then obviously just kind of like losing the drag gigs and stuff like that. I just learned that that's not really where my happiness exists. That's not really what I foresee for my future. And I want to do more. So I currently right now am in the process of building um, a content 
creating studio downtown here in LA. Um, it's going to be called uh, Gun Studio. It's going to be hopefully open um, in the first weeks of July. And oh, it's wow. basically going to be a um, studio space um, that's going to be available on peerspace.com for rentals. So it's a safe space for all content creators, um, you know, Instagram, YouTube, OnlyFans, you name it. It's open for everyone because I don't want to make this space conditional as I believe art is being made in so many different walks of life. And um, there are three main spaces in the studio that are a representation of pretty much me and my brand. So there is an Asian room, there's a pink gun room, and then there's a black and white room. And each room kind of has um, a different meaning and a different feel. So the idea is for content creators to be able to come and um, basically create their looks. So there'll be a glam area for people to get ready with their team and then kind of do their thing, whether you want to do photos or videos. Um, so I have two business partners that I'm opening up that space with, and I'm super excited um, for that. So you guys can look out for that online as I'll be launching that really soon. And I'll be having a big launch party here in LA with all influencers and different people. Um, so that's my main project right now. Once I get that launched, I also want to get my um, podcast launched. Um, which I've been talking about for what feels like months now. Um, but I'm sure, as you know, it isn't just one, two, three. So no, it I, is not. I really, you know, it's something I'm really passionate about. So I've really been shopping around for just the right, you know, um, networks and people to help me out with that. Um, but I do want to get that going. And I want to start telling some of these trans stories, you know, that we, don't really get to know in depth that I think the world should hear. You know what I mean? So I have that. And then I'm also just, you know, continuing, like I said, to grow and um, expand my brand more in the beauty space, just because that's where my brand is really going. So working a lot with brands like Ipsy and um, uh, just different beauty brands, um, mostly on Instagram, and obviously, hopefully working towards launching my own brand one day. So I'm definitely working towards like being this like CEO, bad bitch, like, you know, independent trans woman of color vibe, creating more opportunities um, for myself and others. Well, that is the first step in getting on Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. So yes. You go. Absolutely. And I think you would be great at a podcast. And if you need any podcast advice, you can feel free to reach out to me anytime. Great. Because yes, it is not, I really appreciate that. It is not one, two, three, but I think you would be great at it, really, because you're so open and honest. So that's really the first step. That's what people want. Yeah. And I believe, you know, people, especially now post COVID, People are like, give it to me as raw as possible and as short as possible, you know? So I really want to get to the point and, you know, let people have it. And, you know, I'm thinking like 30 to 45 minute episodes. Do you think that's like a good duration? That's good. Yeah. I think like consistency is key. So like 30 to 45 minutes, fine. I think like when you're first starting, 
the episode should be, you know, like if it's 30 to 45 minutes, they should all be that. Like I see certain people right. start a podcast and it's like the first one's 15 minutes, then one's three hours. Then it's, I'm like, honey, no, you, you need a format here. Like slow down as long as they're like around the same length. Yeah. I think 30 to 45 minutes is a good amount of time. Mine are usually an hour, but yeah. I mean, we have a lot is- of listeners. You've done such a great job for yourself. I'm from what I hear and see. So congratulations, babe. I know it's not easy and congratulations to you. And thank you so much for even having me on. And I'm so sorry it's taken so long to, to, to get it set up. You're busy. Listen, you're busy. You know, sorry. I'm a one woman show, babe. It's I'm telling you like today, I don't know. My agent put you on the calendar and somehow Google decided we're we're deleting it off the calendar, you know, shit happens. So thank you so much for being cooperative. Anytime I've been there and I have worked for everything I have too. So I get it. It's all about hard work. Anyone that thinks that they're just gonna sprinkle some magic dust and it it doesn't, it doesn't last. It might last for a week, six months, a year, but it's, you don't work. It's going to go away. I don't care who you are or what the profession is. It it will not last. That's my honest advice. Before we wrap up and you tell everyone where we can find you, I mean, you started, you had this loss of your first love, but like, what is going on with Gia Gunn now? Any, or, or do we have a single Gia Gunn? Anyone in your life? Well, yeah, I'm pretty single, babe. Da- dating, I feel a wild trans in LA is hard. I feel like I meet a lot of guys who are open to me being trans, but they just, want sex and a lot of men still really sexualize trans women sometimes I think like oh it's because of the way you've branded yourself like look at your Instagram you're like half naked in all of your stuff so why wouldn't you be attracting these type of men you know so it's hard because what I put out there isn't fully truly who I am all of the time you know there is a very okay, I guess there's not a very muted down casual side to me. And, you know, these are just, I guess what I'm saying is it's hard to date, you know, being in the public eye, being fabulous, you know, a lot of men are basic, you know, they want their woman to be very low key and do as they say, let them provide. And that's just not me. You know, um, I, want to be able to provide for myself. I want to be able to marry a man for love and not for money. I, I know that sounds ridiculous because it's like, well, girl, if you could just have it made, why wouldn't you? Well, I just don't think that's what bad bitches do. And I just don't think that that's secure. So I'm on this mission to, you know, stack my paper, collect my bags, secure the bags and try to meet men rich, poor, middle-class, whatever, you name it, because I really do want to meet a man for love. You know, I feel like a lot of women are really pushed into this corner of just, all right, well, I haven't been able to make it for myself. So I must need to marry a man who can make it for us. And I just think that sounds awful. And I Mm -hmm. think that sounds not like full freedom. And I'm looking to have a full free life. So I am dating but it's not going exactly as planned. I also think, you know, the world's newly opened up. People are trying to go out there and party, feel their oats, but 
you know what? Maybe I'll have you as a guest on my podcast and we could do a follow up on dating. How about that? I was going to say you should. <laughs> a, I make, that's the one thing. Podcast hosts make great guests because we know how it works. And I was just going to oh, yeah. say, based on this little answer, I mean, that's a whole show in and of itself. So you feel free to have me on anytime you want, or you'll come I back would love here. that. I would truly love that. I will keep in touch. I'll send you a DM. You have like truly, listen, Gia Gunn has a serious side, everyone, you know, wants to marry for love, not money. Like there's nothing wrong with that. That shouldn't sound crazy, Gia. That means I that you're- I will marry a- for money too, but I, you know, I need to have savings still. <laughs> yeah, and it's not freedom. It's just not, that's definitely not no. freedom. It sounds like a miserable life to me. As exciting as it sounds, it will be exciting for six months. Babe, let me tell you, one thing I learned in COVID too is Cartier, Gucci, and Chanel. I mean, they're not doing much other than sitting there. So, you know, I just, baby, unless you're putting a down payment or, you know, something, we need, we need uh, tangible, real investments, not just materialistic things. Totally. So if you're an investor and you're looking to invest in someone like, Baby, shoot me a DM and you can find me on Instagram at Gia underscore gun, Twitter at Gia gun and on YouTube at Gia gun entertainment. Everyone will go there, follow her. Thank you. I really appreciate this. You have been wonderful. Keep in touch. You're amazing. And anytime you want me to come on, I'll come on and thank you for sharing everything. David, thank you so much and stay absolutely sickening. You too. Bye, hon. Bye. Thanks for listening to yet another episode of Behind the Velvet Rope. Because without you listeners, I would just be a crazy person with voices in my head. And if you like what you hear, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe on Apple Podcasts under Behind the Velvet Rope. And when you're done subscribing, feel free to leave a five-star write-up review because the write-up reviews actually count. We read each and every one of them. We post the best ones and the reviews really help our shows keep going. And we really appreciate everything you guys say, especially the positive ones. And if you want to find us online, we're at Behind Velvet Rope on Instagram. We are at David Yontef on Instagram. We're behind the Velvet Rope on Apple Podcasts. Or head on over to Patreon because you know what? There are just some things we can't talk about here. So for our bonus episodes, go to Patreon and type in Behind the Velvet Rope. And if you still aren't sick of me and you want more David, go to Cameo and book me on Cameo. And you can ask me anything there. I'll answer whatever you want. And I have a bargain basement price of $10. Thank you guys. See you soon.